Once you turn to about three folk around you, I want you to high-five them and say, God reigns. Your God reigns. You may be seated in the house of God today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, band. Good job today. Thank you so much. I, uh, I want to, before I get into my message, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Corbin for such a phenomenal word he gave last week. In my absence, I put a post on Facebook and uh, challenging you, if you've not heard it, to go listen to it. It's, it's on, uh, it's got posted the link, go back, go listen to it, it, uh, uh, wow, how true and a powerful word that it was and timely, and those of you ready to get involved, there are areas that we need you to plug, God has opened doors and we need to fill them, and uh, I, I, I'm looking forward, to, even with our Royal Rangers, brother, we get together this week and finish it up, but if you need that, we're going to do a training here in the next two weeks, and uh, See my, my brother, Mr. Bendever, and uh, get involved there. If you would like to work with our young ladies, we need some young lady girls club coordinators to work with our young girls. So praise God, let's go. Thank you again, Pastor Corbin, for a wonderful word. Thank you for everyone that just covered, and, and we had a great time. We, uh, uh, I enjoyed myself. When my daughter said, we're not doing anything, I said, exactly. It's <laughs> the way I like it. And it was such a relaxing time, enjoying just uh, the presence of God, even in quiet times, looking over the water, and just, it was a beautiful time. I got kind of a different topic today that I want to talk to you about, and uh, I believe it's because we have lost an ability that we need to regain as the body of Christ, as Christians. Let's bring it on home as individuals. We need to regain it. I want to talk to you out of 1 Samuel chapter 14, and I will get there eventually. But I want to talk to you about the progress. I want to talk to you about what's transpiring here uh, amidst David and Saul. And you see, it's a, a, a conundrum of, of progress. In other words, what I mean by that is progress can have many um, complexly, if you will, interrelating parts and elements. Anybody ever been in the midst of progress and, and been frustrated and not seen the, prostra- the, the, the progress? Uh, am I the only one that's real and been frustrated? There's two other, there's two more people who have been frustrated. I, I mean, f- come on now, frustrated with life, frustrated, frustrated with job. Fr- Man, y'all live perfect lives. I need one of y'all to come up here. Let me sit down. Frustration and being frustrated. It, and, I, and I found that the further you go, you realize how far you really have to go. 
I love riding my bike up Rich Mountain Road. It's a long gravel road that goes all the way to the top of the mountain and then back down. And uh, I rode it with a, a young, uh, uh, he's an older man than I am that's just, I don't know, he rides several hundred miles a week. And as you can tell by looking at me, I don't ride that many miles. And, and, and we're going up through there and I'm like, is this ride ever going to end? We rode 10 miles just to get to, to the road, the gravel road. And by the time we get to the gravel road, I'm dying. And around every curve, I'm looking, oh, there's the top. Nope. Around the next curve, there's the top. Nope. And what I realized is the further I went, I still had a long way to go to get there. And you know, the same is true with life a lot of times. We got, you know, it's just, it's life. And, and that's why sometimes when you're in the midst of the progression of life and the progress of life, it's frustrating. It's aggravating. And you know why? It's because it doesn't feel fulfilling at the moment. I'm going to preach to myself, and if any of you want to join in with me, come on, help me out. Because I'm probably the only one that just hadn't had that fulfillment in my life, I guess, at times. It's not fulfilling sometimes. My golf game, it's kind of like my golf game. I can take Emily, my 15-year-old out that's played three times, and I can play the best game in the world and spank her. I mean, she can't hit it but 20 yards at a time, and you know, come on. But then I go with some of my buddies that play all the time, and I get a good old-fashioned whooping. And I get frustrated, and I'm getting agitated, and I quit playing golf. I'm done, I resign, I quit. And then several months will go by, and I'll sign up and go take a lesson and think I'm ready for the PGA Tour, and I'll go right back at it. And then I quit again! Because I play good for one game, and I go back for the second, Todd, and it's horrible. It's kind of like we played in that tournament. It was, it's horrible. And you come back and you're fourth and, and you go back and, and you see it's a mind game. It gets in your mind and you're done. Because here's what happens to me. I rear back and I hit that shank. I dig a trench and my arms are going like this and the ball goes five yards that way and it's supposed to go 200 yards that way. And what do I do? Start, you stupid idiot. What's wrong with you, you moron? What are you thinking? And I'm talking to myself. And then it gets worse the next shot, and, and I'm just not talking to myself. I'm screaming at myself. Everybody on the golf course hears, You idiot, Scott, what's wrong with you? You've been playing golf 20 years. What are you thinking? Y'all have never played golf. And every time I hit that shankopotamus shot, I get frustrated and louder and I, I shout at myself and I get mad because I keep doing the same thing over and over expecting different results. Sounds like some of your lives, don't it? Same thing over and over and expecting something different. I love you. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. You see, and what I found is, after so many of those bad shots, I'll finally hit a smoking shot. It is perfect. It'll land on the green and leave me a birdie putt. And I drop my head, and I say, you moron, why didn't you do that the last hole? You idiot, why didn't you do that four holes ago? That's how you do it, stupid. What's wrong with you? 
My buddy's just like, good shot, Scott. I was like, thanks. God, you stupid thing, you. Good shot, Scott. Thank you. Oh, you. And we do the same thing in life. You see, we've got to learn to give high fives in our life. Good job, Scott. That's a great shot, Scott. You're ready now. You got them right where you want them, Scott. Good job. High five. And high five yourself. We have to learn to celebrate our strengths in order to address our weaknesses. If you want to address that weakness, recognize your strength. Recognize the gift. Recognize the call. Recognize what God has placed. You know, my youngest daughter, Emily, she's not in here so I can pick on her. I'll give you a rest today, Hannah. I can say, Emily, you're beautiful. <laughs> I know. Emily, that was a great job. You really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I know, Dad. Wait, Emily, that was fantastic. I'm so proud of you for that grade. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know. That's just Emily. I know. I'm beautiful. I know. I'm smart. She'll, 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 she'll say, I'm so good. She brought a great card home and said, I'm so smart. We played golf one time, and she said, Dad, I'm going to put it over that water. And I said, Honey, you ain't hit a total shots that far the whole day. There's no way. And what did she do? She hit it over and said, Doubt me again, Dad. <laughs> and then I, I go to my wife, and I compliment my wife, and she'll say, Ah, uh, no, not really. I'll say, this week, she was taking care of everybody. I said, thanks, honey, you're doing a fantastic job. Saying, oh, not really. Not really. You see the difference? We've got to learn to see what we do well in our lives in order to sustain the progress of life. We've got to recognize it. Now, I know a lot of you in here, and I know you're not into high-fiving yourself. You're, you, you say you're not an emotional being. You are an emotional being. But I know you don't like to bring attention. You don't, we, we used to get these things in football every, every Monday. They would come in and give us these add-a-baby stickers for everything you did good. you got to add-a-baby, Scott. Add-a-baby, Scott. we got to learn to give ourselves a add-a-baby, Scott. Great shot, Scott. Wow, Scott, you nailed that one. Because, you know, life is a lot like my golf game. Some days I'm on, but for the most part, it's frustrating. Y'all must live in a different world than I do. You must not work with the guys I work with. That took a minute, but they got it, Corbin. rest of you will get it on your way home. Let me explain it to you. I work with Corbin and Eric. You see... When I hit that good shot, i got to learn to celebrate. When, when I hit that home run in life, i got to learn to celebrate. i got to learn. you got to learn. I was hoping I wouldn't have to get down to that, but I'm going to get your attention. you got to learn to celebrate. Even if it's at first a, I nailed that one, mm, and you just keep walking. Way to go, Scott, you nailed it. Mm. Wow, Scott, that was a good word. Mm. 
I'm walking around my house these days going, mm, at a baby. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to start doing it while I preach if you guys don't help me out a little bit. Hey, that was good, Scott. Mm. Thank you. Somebody high-five yourself right now and say, good job. Good job. Because you know what? There are times that you can't wait for somebody to high-five you. There are times when you're sitting there by yourself and there ain't nobody to high-five you, but you just want a victory and you beat that temptation. Oh, come on, somebody. You beat that temptation. It's time to high-five yourself and say, way to go. Good job. Folks, I'm telling you, I've had to high-five myself a lot these last two weeks. I mean, I had to be my own cheerleader. And I know this ain't much to look at as a cheerleader, but I had to be my own cheerleader. And give myself, a, when, when they told me I was going to have to have oral surgery, I came back here to wait for Sean to pick me up. And I went back in that room and said, oh God! And I went, wait a minute! Yeah, the pain's going to be gone. Yeah, it's going to be over with here in a few hours. Yeah! So I began to celebrate. I begin to look and give myself high fives. You know, you guys know the story, what's been happening in my life and physically and the sugar. Every day, morning this week, when I would check my sugar, I go, mmm. Mm. Those of you been in praying for the last six days, it's been in the low 100s. Come on. Yeah. You know, this morning I, I was up, it was dark outside, and I was trying to be quiet and, and not wake up the fam. You know, they're sleeping, and, and I'm getting ready, and I pull the scales out. I've not weighed all week, and I thought, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this or not. I know I've gained weight since I've been on vacation. I got on the scales, and I'd lost two pounds. I went, mm, yeah! Sometimes you got to celebrate by yourself. When I was, we were at the beach, and every one of these knuckleheads ate ice cream in front of me, knowing that's my favorite. And I had to sit there and go, mmm, I beat this and didn't eat any. you got to celebrate. You see, when I see the hand of God move in the little tokens of my life, when He answers my prayer, mmm, yeah, i got to learn to celebrate. The Word says in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Somebody in the house this morning, you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. You may be knocked down, but you ain't knocked out, baby. You see, that was the difference between David and Saul. David knew how to encourage himself. David knew how to go, way to go, David. You killed the lion and the bear. Way to go, David. Thank you, Lord, for the strength. Yes, way to go. He knew how to encourage himself in the Lord. That's why David built this dynasty, and you know the story of Saul, what happened there. Because David knew how to encourage himself in the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, high five yourself. You deserve it. You deserve it. Give my wife a hard time a moment ago, but she's such an encourager. Before it got down so low, she, I, I would check and go, oh, why is it not getting there? Why is it not? She'd go, honey, you're 200 points down from what you were. That's great, Scott. That's fantastic, Scott. And she was teaching me to celebrate in the midst of the storm. She was teaching me to worship in the middle of it. She was teaching me that at the midnight hour, you got to worship because your joy in the morning is directly correlated with your worship at midnight. It's the progress. It's, 
you see, in this passage of Scripture, it's the fact that Saul wanted to win so badly that it kept him from winning in the end. Saul wanted to win it so bad. He wanted the people to respect him like they did David so bad. It caused him to fail. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 24. I told you I'd get there. Now the Israelites were in distress that day. Say that day. Oh, come on, say that day. The Israelites were in distress that day because Saul had bound the people under an oath saying, Cursed be anyone who eats food before evening comes, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. Did you hear that? Before I have avenged myself on my enemies. He's not letting it go. Mm. So none of the troops tasted food for that day. That day. That day. The Word of God says they were in distress that day. Anybody ever had that day? That day. You see? But if we will look at the verse before that. Verse 23 says this. So on that day, that day the Lord saved Israel and the battle moved on beyond Beth-Avon. That day. That day. Verse 24 says that day. Verse 23 says that day. And we automatically think, well, it's two different days. No, they're discussing the same exact day. In verse 24, on that day, the distress came. In verse 23, on that day, the Lord saved them. On that day, deliverance came. These two verses are describing the same day. Wow. Does that sound like life or what? Deliverance and then distress. Deliverance and distress. I, I hope I'm talking to some real folks in this house. <laughs> Verse 24 calls it a day of distress. But before that, it's called a day of deliverance. Folks, don't allow the adversary to turn your day of deliverance into a day of distress. This is exactly what Saul did because of the conundrum of progress. In other words, because of the complexity of the progress, this is what Saul did. The Bible says that that day, the battle moved on. The battle, that battle was over, but it wasn't over yet. So Saul made an oath and he said, until this battle's over, there ain't none of you going to eat a bite of food. I could see me telling you all that. We ain't won this battle yet, don't you eat? I'd get flogged. He said, no, nobody's to eat until it's over. But you know what? Isn't that the way we operate? Until it's over, until it's fulfilled, this is how we face life. Until I lose 40 pounds, I'm not eating nothing but broccoli. Until I get in the shape, I'm not going down there to the gym for them to see me. And that's why we live life. Until, until I'm perfect, I'm not going to praise. Mm. Until I get delivered, I'm not going to worship. Until, oh. <laughs> Until I win that lottery, I'm not paying tithes. Mm. Until... Until, 
It's the way we face life sometimes. Folks, there can, there is, it can be a danger in this, this type of uh, uh, deprivation, if you will. And, and this depriving, and I'm not talking about discipline, I'm talking about depriving yourself. You see, it's sometimes disguised as dip, discipline, but any time that you define your goals by what you won't do, other than by what you will do, you disrupt your development. You see, through this whole thing, I've told everybody around me, I said, I'm going to do my part, and God's going to do His. And through this last three weeks, I have said, God, I'm doing my part. I'm going to do what I know to do, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm determined... I didn't go around saying, well, I can't have this. I'm not going to do that. I can't go there. No, I can't have that. I said, y'all enjoy your ice cream. I'm eating an apple. And I'm loving every bit of this apple. Fully. I'm talking about progress, folks. I'm talking about a celebration. I'm talking about celebrating. You see, your, your weak state... It's not because God didn't provide the strength. More than likely, it's because you didn't use the strength He provided. Or you didn't want it. You didn't want the discipline in your life to use the strength that He had given. I told you I didn't know if He was ready for me today. And folks, I totally get Saul. Sometimes we need a little Saul in us to cause us to, to strive, to cause us to have that drive to succeed in the things of God and to succeed in what God has placed upon us and to succeed in the call that is upon each and every one of our lives. But today I'm talking about the fact that, that Saul had a victory and the battle had moved on, but the battle wasn't done, so Saul made a decision to defer his celebration mm, until he reached a place of perfection and he stopped the progress. I would give anything if I could have a jamming band right now and I knew how to sing. Because I would break into some old school cool in the gang. It's a celebration the last throughout the year. And I start doing a hammer, you know. My wife just said, don't do that. <laughs> but we've got to learn. It's a celebration. It, your strength is a celebration. David focused on the Lord of hosts and celebrated before the battle was won. He said, I'm going to take your head off. And he went after it. He was celebrating. We got to learn to celebrate. He celebrated. I killed the lion. I killed the bear. He celebrated. Many of you have killed the bear. You've killed the lion. But now Goliath standing in front of you. Celebrate. Celebrate. Celebrate your strength. Celebrate it. Mm. You see, there's a danger in deferring that celebration. I have never, Corbin, seen an NFL team win the Super Bowl and not say they're going to Disney. 
I've never seen them win and not celebrate. But yet, a lot of you are like me in my golf game. I'll hit a good shot and go, you moron, why didn't you do that five holes ago? God's saying, celebrate. Celebrate because there's a danger in depriving the celebration. In other words, there is a danger in Scott only calling himself an idiot and not celebrating the good. You see, never high-fiving yourself and saying, good shot, old boy. That was pretty good. You can teach Tiger Wood a few things. You're depriving your celebration if you don't do it. Because once you deprive yourself of the celebration and you let the you idiot mentality take over, I'm here to tell you, game over. Because every time I start that, my game's over. It's done with. Because my mind's not there. My focus has went from the Lord of hosts to the giant. And you got to keep your focus on the Lord of hosts. Folks, I'm here to say, Lord... Help me. I'm telling you, it's time to celebrate. <laughs> we were driving down the road in, the, in Fort Myers, and they were all lined up to get into the bar. And they were having such fun, they didn't know where they were at. They were walking right out in front of me, and I believe they were probably singing, Celebrate. And they were just praying, I mean, about to get run over, and they just keep walking out. Folks, you got something to celebrate. <laughs> celebrate in your life those things, the, those wins in your life. It's time for a celebration. You say, what if the disciples, when Jesus gives them the, 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 the last command, and he, he tells them, we, we call it the Great Commission. I call it the Great Everyday Commission. And I posted a little bit about this on Facebook this week as I was reading and studying. And what if they would have looked at Jesus and said, you've lost your mind. Go to all the nations and make disciples? Do, do, Jesus, what don't you get? They're trying to kill us. Jesus, what don't you get? I just denied you three times. Jesus, what? What are you? I'm just a fisherman. I can't go make disciples. I mean, I can imagine Peter after he denied him three times. He's kind of like me going, Peter, you idiot, you idiot, you idiot. He told you you were going to do it, and you did it anyway, you idiot. What if you'd have kept that mentality? What if he just stayed right there and parked it right there? And said, no. You see, Jesus tells them in Matthew 28, 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What did they do? They obeyed. Because he also tells them in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So what did they do? They obeyed him. They went to the upper room and they stayed there until they received the power of the Holy Spirit. What did they wait for? The power to do what he had commanded them to do. They knew the 
command. They knew what they were supposed to do. But they knew they needed something besides themselves. Something that's greater than themselves to fulfill what God had told them to do. Several of you have got something God has placed in your spirit. God's placed something for you to do. He's placed a ministry inside of you. And it's growing and it's there. But you've got to have the power to fulfill it. But I've got good news for you. He doesn't put something inside of you to fulfill without providing you what you need to fulfill it. What am I telling you? Celebrate. You got the goods. You got the goods. Celebrate it. You got it. They waited to receive power. We talked about that power a few weeks ago. Power to do what he commanded. Corbin gave an excellent sermon last week. And again, if you've not heard it, go back to the internet and listen to it. And some of you saying, I can't do that. According to this, you can. You just got to receive the power. You see, he says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you... And you, 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 you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How many of you know there's all kinds of power in this world? I watched the power of current as we were trying to swim in the ocean, and you're swimming against the current, and it's trying to take you this way, and you want to go that way. It's powerful. The power of the sun. My whole crew got sunburned, but <laughs> I stayed under the tent. There's power. There's power in the wind. We use it for many of things. There's power of the rivers. I was watching this really cool thing to, to, to charge your battery. They come up with a little wheel you toss in the creek while you're hiking, and the wheel spins and it charges your phone. How genius. The power of fire, the, the power of atoms, the, the power of kings, the, the power of armies, the power of man. Here we go. The power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. When I speak Scotch, you idiot, I'm going to become that idiot if I keep speaking it. Power of life and death. But folks, I'm here to tell you this morning. The power he's talking about in this scripture is far beyond any of these powers. It's way beyond because it has no limitations. It has the power to do anything. Four people believe it. It has the power, and we'll say it again, the power to do anything. Let me tell you what lies behind, those of you who didn't read this when I posted it, what lies behind the power of that word power that the disciples were about to receive. You see, the, the, the word in scriptures, we, we, we get it from the Greek, which is, anybody know what it is? Dunamis. Dunamis. However, that word comes from a Greek word called dunamehi, I think is how you say it. Dunamehi. That word dunamehi, hmm, it means to be able. I'm going to give you the power to be able. 
It means to be able. Jesus gave no limitations when it came to this power that was supposed to be, that was going to be given. It was to be able. It was to enable you. That same power is available to you and I today. It's available for every believer to empower you to do that which you've never been able to do before. The power to do that which is above and beyond your ability. Oh, wow. The power to high-five yourself. The power to go beyond. That word dunamehi, it also means to make possible. Anybody looking at an impossibility? To make possible. He's given you the power to make it possible. He's made, av- <laughs> He's made available to you the power to make it possible. He's given you the power to make that dream that seems impossible, possible. He has sent the Holy Spirit to make it possible in your life here on this planet Earth. You see, if you live by the Spirit, you will have the power to make possible that which appears to be impossible. That word, dunamehi, it simply means I can. Not you idiots. It means I can. I can. I can. The power of the Spirit of God is a I can spirit. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You've got the spirit of I can living inside of you. You've got a dunamis power, a dunamehi power that enables you to be able to do what God has placed in your life to do. It's the power that I can do anything He places inside of me to do. There is no limitations. It's the power to do all things. The power to do whatever you need to fulfill the will and the calling of God on your life. You've got it. You've got it. You see, it's a power. Band, if you'll come help me. It's the power to nullify and overcome Every single I can't that's in your life. It's the power to overcome every I can't in your life. somebody to get that this morning the enemy's been blowing smoke to somebody and you've been listening but I'm here to shed light this morning the power of Holy Spirit is an I can spirit it's the power to nullify it's the power to overcome so what am I saying some of you have got to do what I've had to do. I've had to grab myself and pick myself up 
and give myself a high five. Some of you have focused on the giant and you've given up. But I'm here to decree and I'm here to proclaim this morning the power of the Almighty is in you. The same power that enabled the disciples to go and make disciples mm, to every nation. You see, if it wasn't for them grabbing hold of this power, we wouldn't be here today because it got to this nation. Because those folks believed it. What am I saying today? I, would, I just want to encourage you and I just want to challenge you. Live in that dunamahay power of God. Live in it. Get the power of I can inside your spirit. My poor wife, she knows better than to say, Scott, you can't do that. Because I'm telling you, with everything within me, I'm going to prove her wrong. I can do that. Scott, you're too old. No, I ain't too old. Watch this. We've got to get that spirit inside of us. I can. I can. You see, this is coming from an old boy that had a bad habit of always saying, You idiot. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? Why did you, you idiot, why? And now I've went to celebrate. Mm. Even if you, you, you may not be like, you may not jump around like, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I'm just different. But don't judge my breakthrough till you've seen my been through. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship a little different than you may be. You may be that one that just gives it up. I'm the one that says, yeah! You see, I'm a good loser, but I'm a terrible winner. We'll play Monopoly or Sorry at home, and I win. I jump up going, beat you again! Yeah! Daddy won! <laughs> we play hearts, and I get to throw that queen of heart. I go, wham! Take that! But I've had to learn in life to celebrate I just want somebody, you may be in the midst of hell right now. You may not know where to turn. You may not know where to go through. I'm telling you, start celebrating. Start worshiping. Start a celebration in your spirit. And watch what God does. Celebrate. Celebrate. My celebrations have, have gradually increased these last few weeks. And, and it's went from a mm to a yeah. It went from a, Charlotte, it was 170, to, Charlotte, it was 104, yeah, baby! And you've got to learn to celebrate. 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 Okay, band. I said celebrate. And it's got to start with you. I love every one of you, but quit playing. Stop. I don't know what you're going to play. But Brian, I want you to take off and the rest of you join in. You directed. I may just mess you totally up. But I want 
it's a celebration. Somehow, some shape, some form, some fashion. You don't have to do that song, but do something. Because we're going to celebrate. They all going, oh man, Pastor called me out. <laughs> if y'all can't celebrate and lead us, then hey, we in deep, deep. Oh, anyway, you understand. Stand with me, church.